Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, we're trying something new on this week's episode of the Rise Together podcast, and that is... I'm wearing an orange shirt. Well, you are, and it's handsome. You look like a sun-kissed. I, <laughs> I bought this shirt a long time ago. I have not worn it one time. I made you wear it. You forced me to wear an orange shirt. It's very bright orange, like it, a pumpkin. I feel like I could uh, either be here at the office or working on the side of the road in construction. Or also, if you were a hunter... No one would shoot you. Zero humans would shoot me wearing this shirt because <laughs> if you look directly at it, it actually ruins your iris. <laughs> so that's what we're trying new on the show today. Well, here is why. I, I was saying this at lunch in our break room. Uh, in our break room. What are, what are we, a factory? Do we have that poster up that talks about... <laughs> Company safety. Workers' comp. How many days since our last accident? Um, no, I was... A time clock you can punch in and out at. Here's why. I love a polo shirt because when I was in high school, that's what the boys wore. Polo shirt, puka shell necklace, winter oh. fresh gum, Tommy Boy cologne, and I'm I just trying to get you. I had a puka shell necklace, yeah. though. Where is it? I mean, I mean, there was a time that was everything. You went you went down to like Hot Topic and you got your puka shell necklace. You know what was weird about a puka shell necklace? What? It was kind of like a choker. It was. Like, it wasn't long. That's, it, it this isn't a tight. necklace. This is like something that could be dangerous if it gets caught on something. Hi guys, I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. <laughs> but we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. <laughs> Did puka shells exist in your high school days, Cece? Not high school, probably middle school. Oh, middle school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so joining us, you're like, whoa, where'd this wait third person come from? We're rising together with someone named Cece. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we thought it would be fun. We opened it up to the Hollis Coast staff and we said, hey, do y'all have any 
relationship questions. And our first question is coming from, were we supposed to be anonymous? Are you okay with? Oh, okay, I don't great. Care, yeah. Okay, perfect. So Cece's here. How old are you, Cece? 24. 24. Cece works on our social media team. Yes. And uh, what's your question? So my question would be, what is your best advice to a single millennial? A single? With dating with now with like all the apps and all the things like... What's your best advice? It's a good question because we did not date in a world of apps and such. Right. Well, I mean, my first, I think the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, you threw in millennial. I wouldn't even have thought of what it might mean to date as a millennial. But if there is any part of your millennialness, with all respect, that has you uh, hoping that it's going to happen faster, that you're going to like immediately find exactly this person who uh, you're meant to be with or that you need to have a somebody like now as opposed to spending some time getting to know who you are and what you're on this dang planet for. I like I think I before Rachel was a little bit in that mindset of like I got to find a wife. And that like <laughs> what, where but, are you though? <laughs> it may have not been I got to find a wife, but I definitely You wanted to be in a relationship. I need to be in a relationship. Yeah. And the like need to be in a relationship didn't afford me the opportunity to appreciate who I was outside of a relationship. And so I guess I would say you're 24. Gosh, if I had a time machine, I would just take some time enjoying being a single 24 year old human, because I actually think in like the posture of just really becoming confident in who you are, the likelihood of finding someone who's going to see the same thing that you end up seeing in yourself is just way higher. Yeah, I think like, um, have you had a serious relationship before? Or you're just like, okay, you're like dipping your toe in what this means. So it's so easy for us to say in hindsight, but I honestly think probably all people, all older people would say this, like, same as Dave, if I could go back in time, I wouldn't change it because how it happened was how it was supposed to happen. Right. But... I would I can't even think of the amount of money I would pay to be 24 to live in a cool city to get to make my own decisions to travel to try stuff to you know take salsa dancing or like join a band I don't know I don't even you you have this like such this finite amount of time because it's going to happen like I just fundamentally believe like if you are wanting to be in a relationship it's going to happen but you don't know when and what if you are going to meet like the most perfect meant to be gift from God best human ever that you are supposed to be with but what if that's not for eight years right like or what if that's not for five years or what if that's not for three right and that's a lot of time that most young women that I know waste obsessing over like when's he gonna come like when am I gonna and they miss this beautiful opportunity just like enjoy like it's gonna happen whenever it's meant to happen maybe it's next week you're gonna meet this person but if it is far in the future like you have such an incredible opportunity for me I would just I would try and travel as much as I possibly could like if I could go you didn't ask about this but like if I could go back in time I would not spend money on anything but travel. Like I wouldn't try and like go to the bar with my friends. I wouldn't buy clothes. I wouldn't, I would travel because that was what expanded my worldview in a way that nothing else has or right. will. 
Oh, why to I, be twenty four and like in Paris? Oh, I would challenge too. <laughs> I mean, like if there in any way feels like you needing an answer to this question is informed by other people in your life representing why you haven't already found a serious relationship or like what it is that, I mean, wanting to have a companion, of course, I think is a super, super normal thing. But if the it not having happened by 24 is in any way the voice of authority coming from like a parent or from society at large or other girlfriends who already have a significant other, let that go. Mm -hmm, Like they're not living your life. And the like the work that I've done to become more whole as an individual in this relationship ended up happening after we were already together. But I do think, man, what would it have been? What might it have meant if I'd have done more work becoming more whole as an individual before we got married? Yeah, I wouldn't have made as right. many dumb mistakes in our relationship. So like the idea that it could be five years, that's a gift if that's the way you choose to see it in using that window to really establish who you are, what, like, grow grow your worldview, grow whatever it might be as a part of who you are as an individual so that you can walk into a relationship stronger for that partner that will inevitably be there for sure. Right. And here's the last thing I'll say of like, okay, we gave you the sort of mom and dad answer, but (laughs) if it was like really like, no, I really want a significant, I want to meet someone, this is how, in for me, because I didn't come up in a world of apps and those sorts of things, I would, like if you were my daughter, I'd be like this, I would pursue it in the same way that I would have back in my day. Oh my, that's the oldest thing <laughs> I ever You're not yeah. even old. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would find activities and hobbies that I really love to do or that I enjoy or want to try that were co-ed. So like we used to do co-ed softball, we used to do all like all sorts of activities where you could meet people, like you could meet single guys who were sort of into the same kind of stuff that you were into. And it gave you like, it it sort of took away the fear factor because you're you're already doing something, you have something to focus on, but it just gave you an opportunity to meet people. And it's sort of to me thinking through what is the kind of partner that I would want, like where would they be? hanging out or what are True. they doing on a Saturday? Yeah. Not like what are the guys that like, cause guys are at a bar yep. on Saturday, but, yeah. <laughs> and not to say you couldn't meet someone great at a bar, but for me, it's like, well, where would my dream kind of partner? What is, what are they doing this weekend? You know, maybe they're at church or maybe they're volunteering or maybe they're in a run club or maybe they're, they play recreational soccer, whatever. Yeah. So that, so then I would put myself into those situations and not like a crazy person. Right. Not right, like I'm right. only joining this bowling league so that I could meet dudes. <laughs> love you, but like I really dig this anyway. And so I'm going to just put myself and maybe you don't find anyone. Maybe you make a bunch of new friends. Like that's a win-win. Right. right. That's what I That's a do. really good point. Yeah. I like awesome. this. Yeah. Well, it looks like we've taken care of all of your problems. Yeah, Cece, good job. So I love it. Thank you so <laughs> much. Have a great so life. We'll Thank you. See you in the common space. Invite us to the wedding. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. 
Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. There she is. Here we go. Ooh, Aliza brought a notebook. I just came out of a meeting. Oh, okay. I was but like, also, wow. I'm planning on taking oh. mad notes right now. <laughs> like, this is very serious. This is about to get very real. I like Excellent. it. Therapy session. Let's go. I feel like I need to adjust the question. You can ask, literally, you can ask whatever you can ask you want. as many because, as you can ask any. You can me. do any, whatever you like. And by okay. the way, you can lean back and pull the microphone oh, toward you. Yeah. It's a it's a Y'all magic microphone. Pros. I know, right? Um, yeah, because I was thinking, it's not. I think like what I. It's not that I necessarily wonder how do you know because I've had a feeling like I know, but it's more like what I think people might relate to more is. Did you ever question that or were there moments that you got – that it made you nervous or that you overthought it or felt like you were underthinking it? You know so, what I mean? So meaning – because we talked to Aliza earlier at lunch. So meaning how did you know – that's where we started out was like how did you know that your your partner right. was like the one? And so then the question is once you sort of felt like they were the one, did you ever question or talk yourself out of it? I'm a funny person to answer this because I was so young. Little baby. I was so young and frankly so immature that I was blinded by everything but love. I was just like this, I am in love with this guy. He's going to be the father of my children. Like we're going to – I. It was I, almost like I was wearing this orange shirt the first time she saw me. Like, that's how blinded she was. Yes. Like, uh, what is actually happening? Is he a construction worker or hunter? No. Get over your shirt. I can't. You have to wear it for the rest of the day, dude. Get over it. Done. Um, I don't know. Did you ever – you did you question once you were like – once you made the decision? Because it took you a very long time to get to, like, this is the girl for me. What's interesting is I actually think that you think it took me longer than it actually did to know that you were the person I was going to marry. I knew pretty early on, and my knowing pretty early on was actually a catalyst for me acting like a complete jackass. Ah, okay. Because the idea that you were the one was scary for me. The idea that you were one meant I had to get closer to you and become more vulnerable than I felt like I was capable of because of the collateral damage of previous relationships clouding my ability to be like as close to you as you wanted me to be. And so I think we actually probably had a little bit of a like regular start to relationship. You chose, decided, oh man, you're the one pretty early on. And as I also pretty early on realized, yep, you're the one, was like, I got to keep an arm's length relationship with this human because if she were to get too close and I know she's the one, then I might have to let this guard down. I might have to like, put myself in a position where she could crush me. I think that the, the key sort of factor in like, is it the one, whatever that means to the different listeners, is we have been friends and then almost immediately best friends since we met. And with that as the foundation of a relationship, anything is possible. Um, I don't believe in soulmates. Do you believe in soulmates? I've never really given thought to believing in soulmates. I believe that you like you find your person, and if you both are committed to making this something beautiful, then it absolutely will be. And it doesn't mean that there won't be times that are 
like you'll have hard times, you'll have awful times, you'll have times where you are like, was this the right choice? Like uh, throughout your relationship. But if your foundation is in friendship and you're both committed to it being something great, it will be. I don't believe that we all have like one person because you know if the rock had scooped me up before you got here he and i would have a beautiful (laughs) marriage i'm just saying i I actually think too like the the time where i can remember the confirmation of this is the one was getting outside of a regular set of like normal everyday circumstance on a road trip Mm -hmm. right we were in a car together for four days as we drove from L.A. to Minneapolis where I was moving. We went and furnished the first house I bought basically at like Target. Target. We <laughs> bought mean. everything at Target. But the, the, like, the ability for us to be in that like you can't get away from me. We are in a car. We're driving in a Buick mm-hmm. to Minneapolis and we never got sick of each other. Yeah. We didn't argue. Like, we did. That was like, oh, wow. If you can drive for three, four days with someone, if you can shop for a house at Target, I mean, like, you love Target. I, like, and I think Target's great, but I don't need to go shopping, you know, 18 times yeah. in a three day span. Yeah. But that was, it was so much fun because it was an adventure, but it also, that it didn't go sideways that there wasn't a moment where I was like what are we doing I was like oh man this is definitely the one because I don't like anybody else as much Mm -hmm. as I do this human that I could spend this much time in a car with how long have you been with your person um so we were friends for three years okay and then we got together romantically uh it'll be five years in November oh wow so you've been together for a long time yeah and I proposed to him like within the year you proposed to him (laughs) oh many times oh that's maybe after like a couple drinks yeah yeah, no it happened and then he you know brought me up off my on bended knee yeah I was like let me do this one okay all right yeah like I got Um, it but it's funny I think like and I've never – so I I knew, like, very quickly. He knew, like, you knew, mm-hmm. Rachel. He yeah. set, talks about, like – oh, my God, he's going to kill me. He talks about, like, when he first saw me, and he, we didn't even know that we were supposed to know each other. We were family friends. But I was walking down the street, and that was, like, the first time that we met. He says that there was, like, a light. There was something, like, around me that he was drawn to, almost like a reflection mm-hmm. of, off a window or something, but there weren't any. Yeah. That kind of thing. yeah. And that was, um, you know, I did not have that. (laughs) So I think it's interesting, that thought. And it's almost like intimidating where when one person knows, then I fell into it very quickly. But, you know, that can be kind of scary. Yeah. And I think also like the world and society puts all these, I mean, Disney movies, you know, you just think like, it reminds me of that scene in Frozen, which I don't need to go on a tangent, but like you think like, oh my God, it's love. And then it's yeah. like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, no, it's not. We've known you for like four hours. Yeah. He's actually and... just trying to take over the kingdom. Like it's not. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. So I think like there's so much pressure put around it that it, it I, I can understand how it would make you. And I've certainly been in a position where I've questioned, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I love well, here's, you. Here's but... the great news or bad news. It depends on which way you want to see it. You have to choose that the person you're with is the one every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And so, like, our commitment to having an exceptional relationship is because of our willingness to work at it. And if we didn't, the idea that I'm the one for her or she's the one for me is a thing that can slip and fade away because of lack of maintenance, lack of care. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's really a reflection of how much work I think we're putting into it that each of us still feel is drawn to each other and is in love and every other thing that you could hope for in a, an exceptional marriage. And I think too, like I said this yesterday in the company meeting, like your feelings are there. Whatever you're feeling is there because of what you're thinking. And so it is really easy to, if I'm frustrated or hormonal or tired or whatever, that he could do something and I'll start to think like, this punk, I'll think something must, much Hello. worse than that. <laughs> but I'll be like, this guy, and I'll like start to go down some spiral of like what this means or why he was, you know, he, whatever, whatever story I'll tell myself. And then all of a sudden I've gotten to a place where the feeling I have toward him or toward our relationship is negative. And if I will stop myself and go, whoa, when did this – when? because yesterday you were making out like you were 16. So how did we get from that relationship to this one in less than 24 hours? And it's always because something happened. I started thinking mm. whatever thought, and now that's told me a story about what's happening when it really isn't. So in the same way that's like you have to choose – that you have to choose that this is your person. I think you also have to choose your thoughts as it pertains to your partner. Um, Gretchen Rubin says, act the way you want to feel. And there are times where I'm like, I might be frustrated or I'm like not. And, and I'm like, I'll compliment him. I'll tell him he's hot. I'll go kiss him. I'll do so, like I'm acting the way. And then it's just psychology is that within 90 seconds you start to feel more like that so it's making a choice I don't know that's why I go back to the idea of like I don't believe in soulmates I believe you like find your person and you get in the bunker mm -hmm. and you're like you're my you're my person yeah I mean too not to like be unromantic about it but the feelings at the beginning of a relationship are a little more infatuation related. There's a little lust in there. There's a little bit of something that inevitably. I still have lust. I, I do too, <laughs> in like the most positive possible way. But I just want to be inevitably, as this ends up being your forever person, those those things aren't going to be the thing that carry you through on a Thursday when mm -hmm. you've been together for twelve years. Preach. Right, and so. The, the things that you can establish right now in this season before you're married, before whether you get married or not, but at the beginning, that are going to be the foundation of what actually affords you to stand together 10 years from now, 20 years from now, those are the things that matter the most. So it's not so much, in my mind, a feeling. It's not so much the like recognition of it. It's when that thing inevitably becomes a little less part of the narrative of our relationship, what am I still left standing on? And if it's only on, well, he's the one, she's the one, mm -hmm. you're in trouble. Because at a certain point, your life stage is going to change. You're, you know, if you end up having kids, that'll throw a whole new f fun wrench inside of what you think about each other inside of your relationship. And making sure that you're like, again, our friendship for sure, our ability to make each other laugh, for sure, the way that we started in, in that space, that's a constant that'll live for the rest of time and is the thing that I think we come back to mm -hmm. when we start having that hard conversation or get frustrated about how one of us is showing up and instead of letting it be the thing that leads, we come back to, I mean, I tend to come back to making a joke at the most inappropriate times, Absolutely. by the way, because that's <laughs> just the way that I try and get us back to neutral. Yeah. Thanks All for right. your question. Yeah. Thanks Good work. Me. Good work, Elisa. All right. Next up. <clears throat> Next victim. 
Oh, Michelle's brought her computer in here. Do you, oh my, did oh you, I hear you guys. I know. Oh, it's a, like a podcast. It's magic. It's crazy. <laughs> um, Michelle is Michelle is one of the longest. Did you just celebrate an anniversary, five. by the way? Five <laughs> We were years. just talking about that. Yeah. Five, five years. years. Yeah. Michelle has crazy. been. She's OG. Are you my oldest? Like, you, you and I are the oldest together of anyone else. Uh, More than Jack or D, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we go way, way back. And yes. Michelle... It, Did Michelle you get the statue question? that we give out for five-year employees? I haven't gotten it yet. I think oh, you're we... in charge of actually procuring no. it. I bet you I yeah, am. No, no. I was, I, was talking to, um, I was talking to Allie about that. I'm like, we need to figure something out. Because for the longest time, the gift you got every year on your anniversary was alcohol. Like, it was liquor. So it was like tequila or vodka. And that doesn't feel very on brand anymore. So I'm like, what's the cool thing now? What's but five thing? years, you need... You need something good. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle. What's your question? What's your question? Okay, my question is, and this is a hot topic right now, only because Ozzy and I had this, like, argument on Tuesday or Monday. I don't know. But it is, um, I want to make our relationship better in that, because Ozzy's all about personal growth, too, just like us. And so um, having him, or I wrote this, sorry, let me just No, you read it. You're fine. Um, I want to make our relationship better and give him tips on how I would like to be communicated to and how I want him to show love to me, but I don't want to seem like a nag. Mm -hmm. Um, because the other night I was like, well, the way you said this, I didn't like it. And the way you did this, I didn't like that. And, and it was just one. And then he got upset because like, all I'm hearing is bad things about me. And I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. So how do I communicate to him to help him, help us be a better partnership? That's a good question. Uh, so, um, uh, so, okay, so the thing that pops into my head is, this is going to sound awful, please don't send me angry letters, you guys, but I think of it, <laughs> I think of it as like, I th- this sounds awful. Okay, I just know, but now I got to say <laughs> what I'm going to... Why would you say it then? Because it's the truth. Okay. When you are training a puppy. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's what I think of. So there's two ways to train a puppy. There are people who like spank the puppy when it makes a mistake. And then there are people who praise the puppy when it does something good. And I I know, guys, you guys, I'm trying to make you laugh. Please do not send me angry notes about referring to your partner as a dog. But I really believe in looking for, like knowing in your head what it is that you hope that he will do and then looking for anything that kind of feels like that and then praising him and acknowledging him when it happens. Because when, at least with Dave, I don't know if Ozzy's this way, but at least with Dave, Dave tends to go towards, like he gets defensive. And so Mm -hmm. if I win our relationship, I've come to him and been like, hey, you did this and I didn't like it. He sort of emotionally shuts down. He can't even hear what I'm saying. He like just goes, like it ruins everything. But when he does something and I'm like, oh my gosh, like when you brought me coffee the other morning in bed, that just like made my heart so happy. And then, and now Dave brings me coffee every morning of our lives because I made such a big deal about it. Um, I, I I know that sounds no, like terrible, I, I don't but think it that's ter- that's it's not as terrible as half the things that you've said before. You oh, said stop. this sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you guys might be familiar with like love languages, but like finding a way for someone else to introduce the possibility that you need to be communicated to have love shown to in 
a specific way has always been a good thing for us. Because if I were to say, hey, I need this, there is the chance for defensiveness on you know my side if I'm receiving it or Rachel's side if she's hearing it to listen to a podcast together, read a book together, that it's from an expert who can tell you, look, there's a, th- there's a way to like get at the answer key to how to make your relationship work. It's, you know, been a way to have it be less emotional because it's coming from objectivity. And if you guys have it, awesome. If you haven't, spend time with that because mm-hmm. the five love languages is a thing. I mean, we've got a podcast on this episode with Dr. Gary himself, Chapman, who wrote the book, but knowing how Rachel needs to receive love is the, like, that's the answer key. Me knowing that she needs it in a certain way is like, man, I was trying to do stuff that was more a reflection of how I received love and it was always falling flat because she's not wired like I am. Yeah, and I think, um, I always think of this, uh, like, if you all have children listening, this is your warning to put on earmuffs. Um, I always think of this in terms of, sex like when we were trying to figure out and navigate and and grow in that area together um I and Michelle's worked with me for five years so I'm I would not have this conversation with the newbies but I'll have this conversation <laughs> with you um that like I always think that if in the middle of the act you are saying that you don't like something that's so like devastating to a mm-hmm. man but what I would do later is I would be like, oh, when you did this thing, oh my gosh, that was like so sexy. Or I loved when you did this, or it made me, like when you kissed my neck, it made me feel so whatever, beautiful, whatever. And it's like, you're giving them breadcrumbs. Like you're, you're telling them literally, like here's the breadcrumb for how to love me well. Um, and so that I think can show up in, um, you know, is it like, what are the, what's the specific thing that you are hoping just starting with one area of your life? Like, Hey, I remember saying this to Dave, you know, we have our weekly, we have our date night on Thursdays and it's a given. We just always have a date night. And I said to him one time, I was like, you know, what I loved was when we were dating, you, you asked me on a date. And now we, you know, so I didn't say, hey, you never ask me on a date anymore. I was like, remember back in the day you asked me on a date yeah. and it made me feel desired and whatever. Mm. So if, if even though it's guaranteed, if you would just say like, you know, send me a text or, or just something where you're at that. And it's so easy. Like he want, and I know Ozzy, like he's yeah. a good man. He wants you to feel happy and loved and beautiful and all of those things. But it's like giving to him those clues in a positive way instead of a negative one. Yeah. I'll say too, That's just awesome. even like piggybacking off of the example of critiquing sex, like it's not an in the moment thing. Right. It's an after the fact in like a completely different time frame. So if there's a time when you, man, you wish he'd have shown up in a different way. You wish he'd have said something, got your gift, whatever your love language ends up being. If, and, and you, you wish he'd have done it differently. Instead of in the moment where you're feeling frustrated, bringing it up, where there's the chance that he'll be even that much more defensive or, frankly, feel embarrassed for not having gotten it right or whatever it might be, write it down in your head, write it down on a piece of paper, find an opportunity outside of the emotion of that moment, and then bring it up so that he can hear it in a way that doesn't cloud the timing of having just made the quote-unquote mistake with like potentially creating a, uh, like a shame spiral or something that makes him have to be even that much more defensive. Another one uh, is, this is Dave's thing, this isn't even mine, but he had earlier in this year, he just, I was traveling a lot and going through, and he said, 
how, like, who do you need me to be for you in this season? Or how do you need me to show up for you in this season? And I would, I just thought it was like such a beautiful question. But then also in him asking me that, then, then I said, who do you, who do you need me to be? Mm-hmm. Because seasonally it's different things at different times. Like when you, you know, when you had hope and she was a little baby, him showing up for you looks different than how it does today. So I feel like even maybe that's that like maybe you start with you you do right you ask him hey babe how can I show up for you this season and that starts yeah model that and Mm -hmm. then that starts a conversation of okay well this season I'm feeling really tired or whatever and so if you could help me do the dishes on you know or something I don't know what it looks like for you what is your love language acts yeah that's what I thought that's why I picked dishes yeah Yeah, I thought you would be (laughs) um what's his Oh well, that's the first yeah. problem yeah. <laughs> because probably yeah. then most often we try and love others the way we want to yep. be loved. Yeah, and so then when he doesn't show up for you in that way, you're like, you're not loving me. You're not being a good partner. And he's like, what? Like I told you, you were beautiful. Because maybe his thing is like words, and you're like, yeah, but I need you to like put gas in the car. So, all right, yeah, home- we'll start there. Ho- homework is. Yeah. Finding out yours, finding out his, making yeah. sure you both understand what yeah. they are, and then yeah. finding you know ways to show up that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love also the idea of writing that down, whatever might be bothering me, mm-hmm. um, and that way it gives me a moment with that yeah. before I present yes. that. Yes. <laughs> and asking myself, okay, well, whatever behavior I'm looking for, how, how can I model it? Because I want to be the model first. Absolutely. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Michelle. Good, work, Michelle. good question. I think we have a dude now. Oh. Yeah. Oh. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. So we are here with Brad Chandler, mm. um, and and the, the floor is yours. Like, what Amazing. is the question? You can ask anything. Here's my question um, from two powerful people who work a lot during the day. Um, what do your afternoons and evenings look like in terms of kind of protecting your own personal time, but then also sharing and turning off from work? in order to have that moment. I know for me, coming home from work, I'm talking a lot and involved mentally and then get home and it's the question of like, how was your day? And it's, the last thing I want to do is talk about my day. Yeah. I want to turn off. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, well, why don't you want to share anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it makes me feel like, a, you know, like I'm being a bad person or not. Yeah. But I also need that moment to just kind of regroup so I totally. can show up. So I'm just wondering like what you've learned along the way. Such well, a good question. Well, I mean, there's a difference certainly 
pre-Hollis Company working together every day and, frankly, working together every night. Then there was me coming home from the Walt Disney Company, Rachel coming home from Chic Media. Um, I mean, one thing, I think for us, we found ourselves at times running into traps of bringing up the stuff that was hard. Like, Mm -hmm. we, we were complaining, more or less. Like, vent, maybe not complaining, but venting a little bit. Uh, you'd come home, you'd have a long day. That person that always gives you grief is the person that you want to try and now, like, could you believe this so-and-so did this thing? And there was a moment at a certain point where you're like, man, we are actually pouring a lot of negativity into our attempts to connect after we've been already in sometimes what was a toxic environment at work. And it's creating a little bit of bleed and the toxicity now showing up at home. So... We had to we had to get to a point certainly in like hey I'm here to hear every single thing and be a listener and support but also when it's tipping past the point of it being good for you or us mm-hmm. we got to also like shut it down turn it down I mean right now we are like so we're so excited honestly about everything that we're doing in this last 14 months that we get home and talk about ideas that we have for the thing that we should pursue the next day all the time. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like, oh man, this is compromising our chance to like be or do the thing that we want to do or be at home. Um, But we're also like, we're weird in that. I think we're one wired this way a little bit, but two, we're in this window of time where there's a lot of growth happening and it's it's exciting. It's not like unloading the stuff that could you believe that happened today. It's more like, ooh, I had an idea. I was in this meeting with this person and it was like so it's a little bit it's a little bit of a different season for us overall. Yeah, and how long have you guys how long have you been together and how long have you been married? Uh, we've been together for three years yeah. and then married for a year and a half. It's still like so fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think when we were three years in, it, it looked totally different. And I I definitely, as the younger person in the relationship, was much more needy with him in terms of like, he would come home and be like, what'd you do? What'd you have for lunch? What was the thing? But, I, you know, I missed him and I wanted to hear all the right. things. And so I think that is a that's a seasonal thing um of like that i don't know sort of figuring it out cuz i think even back then if he cuz i'm just cuz i know you guys so well so i'm thinking of like if he had said i need time or i need half an hour or whatever i would it would have hurt my feelings mm. now i would be like cool i'll see you in a couple hours like it wouldn't bother me but at the time it absolutely would have hurt my feelings and so i think having the conversation of like how how like what's your ideal day or how do you need to sort of process when you get home and then we'll we'll have a plan for how we're going to you know come together later and have dinner or whatever but i'm really i'm a huge believer that we all are entitled to however we need to like deal with today and i think dave's dave always says like you're only upset when you're surprised so I feel like if you are – if in your head a relationship's supposed to be like this, like my partner's going to walk in the door, we're going to have like a cocktail together, we're going to sit on the patio, whatever, and your partner's like, man, I just need to go in the room for, you know, an hour and just like be alone – then you're gonna be upset because you're you you you're, you feel like it's about you and really it had nothing to do with you. Um, so we have friends who are really hardcore about like 
their personal energy and what they need to do. And this is, and they just have a rhythm now that works for them. But I think that that was achieved through communication. For us today, I would say a big difference today versus when we were younger is um, we both really like to be alone. We are with each other most and we love hanging out, but we love to be alone. And I, we've entered a new season. This is not something that has existed before, but I would say in the last, however, six months or something, now a lot of times we'll like sort of get through the dinner and the kids, which adds a whole other variable to this. And then once that's settled, we'll be in different rooms. And we have, I, I, that wouldn't be the case if we didn't work together, but part of it is just like, I have literally been with you for 12 hours today. Get so I'm gonna go. Away from so me. like he's in the den and he's playing his baseball game and I'm in the bedroom and I'm reading and we are so happy. So I think it's just like a seasonal thing of where you're at. And to me, like you both have you both have to say what you need mm-hmm. from your partner. But I also think for anybody who does need that, because I'm that like I like that time alone to mm-hmm. kind of like please no more people talk to me to right now. Um, is you you're entitled to that. What's interesting too, though, is I I can like see now, 15 years being married, that some of the like agreeing to compromise my want for alone time so that I could keep her happy was a product of not really talking openly about mm. why I needed to be alone and how it was not a reflection on her at yeah. all. Yeah. This was like, hey, if you want me to show up best for this relationship, not maybe <laughs> resent a little bit the idea that I've got to, you know, sacrifice what I think I need to be my best me so I can keep you happy. I need to have a little bit of time. And so like that very early, the first 5 8 years of our marriage early, there was a lot of time where it was like Ugh, I'm going to do this because I know it's going to make you happy, even though it's going to make me unhappy. And we're just, we've matured past the yeah. point of, are, are we like intentionally trying to seek times to make each other happy? Of course, mm-hmm. all the time. But we're also not willingly doing things that make us unhappy just for the sake of trying to keep peace. It's more, hey, can we, can I just explain why I need this thing and talking about it in a way that doesn't presuppose there's like a fragileness to our relationship that if we were to address the reasons why we need space or time or whatever it might be, might make the relationship fall on its side. Like we're, we're solid. You're solid. If you need something, your partner needs to know that you need something. And talking about it isn't going to compromise what you guys have. Talking about it is probably going to make what you have better. Yeah, yeah, I wonder, too, if there's something. I don't know if this sounds weird, but I'm thinking of this in terms of, like, children, of transition time. Mm-hmm. So when um, when you, you're going to get home, like, it's one thing if you're dealing with an adult. But when you have little kids – They have no concept of you're tired. That's not you don't get that when you have a two year old. Um, So you you have to be ready to kind of go again with this new phase of your day when you walk in the door. And if you're you know, I always loved some kind of commute because it was my transition time. Like I can't tell you how many times I drive home from work. No music on nothing. It's just quiet me by myself, not doing anything, because that's my time to kind of go, okay, now we're flipping into this phase of the evening. Um, But I remember back in the day when I didn't have a commute, like I worked really close to my house, I would go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to 
I'm, I'm, we need broccoli. Like I just make up one thing I need to, and I just walk around. I don't know if that makes me sound like a loser, but like I just like 20 minutes. No, but hey, guess what? Transition, like, or maybe it's the gym or just something where you're like, before I go to this place, I need a middle place. Yeah. I, I was working on my dedication in my book. And one of the dedications is to the roads because they have become a coping mechanism that's healthy. You were working on acknowledgments or dedications? Acknowledgments. Oh, I was like, you're dedicating your book to the roads. Well, the roads deserve the dedication. Let's be very clear. Oh They're the word. most important thing in my entire oh life. They are word. the number one relationship that I have, oh, bar none. Sweet. But um, I was doing acknowledgments. Got it. And I wrote out, because it's funny, but it's also super true. Absolutely. The time that I have when I'm running is me time. Yeah. It's my time. It happens to serve a secondary purpose of making me feel awesome. But the like, if you're a person who needs to have that transitional window and a workout is a thing, a run is a thing, a walk is a thing, if, that is, if, if the idea of working out in the afternoon, evening is not a thing for you, park your car a yeah, block and a half away from your house and sit in your car, whether it's in silence, listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. do some meditation, like... There were plenty of times, because I didn't have a long commute either, where I would drive my car right past our street. 100%. Right up the old block, I'd find (laughs) some shade, and then I'd close the door and hope that some, you know, stranger didn't think I was, like, (laughs) casing the house. Like, but And I'd sit there, and I would just just have 15 minutes, a 15-minute moment for you in a car that is completely silent is the thing that... For, especially for us, transitioning to a like army of children that were all so excited for me to get home, for you to get home, uh, I needed that fifteen minutes to get my mind right, to get my heart right, to get everything right. So I I keep thinking of ideas, man. You didn't even want this many ideas, but um, I would also say so. My morning routine is obviously a huge part of my life, but my get getting home routine has mm-hmm. also a big part of my life. So part of like the transition for me is I walk immediately from my car to my bathroom and wash my face. I change into a lounging outfit. Like I, I kind of take off the day. Yeah. It takes 15, 20 minutes. The babysitter knows that like that just, you know, hey, no, I'm going to be right back. I'm literally going to go do this. And that's sort of my time alone in the room transitioning myself so for what that's worth like there was something for me always about i'm gonna i mean obviously the book but i'm gonna wash my face and then like now we're fresh and now we're starting the evening portion of this day right so if that's helpful for anyone yeah so it sounds like just being really clear about first knowing what i need yeah and then setting that up and if that involves the other person then also being clear about hey this is what i need so i can be the best version of myself Mm -hmm. and contribute it to us Mm -hmm. um but the clarity is the yeah. important piece. Yeah, I think so. And I think we had just told Michelle in her question before is like, maybe it starts out with like, instead of you saying, this is what I need, you start going, hey, what do you need? Hmm. Like, what's your ideal? Okay, great. I've got that. I'm going to I'm gonna Love support that. you and be a good partner for you in that. Here's what I need. Mm-hmm. So you sort of start with them and then, you know, you've just been so generous with your thing now. They need to do the same. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <clears throat> Good work, Brad. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Thanks for the question. Glad that we could solve all the problems of <laughs> your life. All the problems in relationships. <laughs> I love it. All right. If you liked this episode of the Rise Together podcast, would you do us a favor? I mean, Brad is asking now, too. So do it for all of us. <laughs> Take a picture of this 
screenshot it, throw it on social, tag Ms. Rachel Hollis, tag me, Mr. Dave Hollis, use the hashtag Rise Together Podcast, and share it with your friends, and tell us what episodes you'd like to hear from us. Most of the content we are putting out is a direct response to the things that you yourselves are interested in knowing more about. If you really liked it, Subscribe to this podcast to get a notification every time there's a new episode. And if you really, really liked it, go review this thing. The reviews on iTunes are the reason that other people who've never heard of it are told about it. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week on Rise Together.